Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, good day once again, everybody. Thanks for hopping on board the latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. It is powered by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Derek Gunn. Well, the past weekend of the NFL playoffs was by far the craziest and the most entertaining I have seen in my lifetime, and I had to sit and think about it for a moment. And I don't know of another weekend that compares. And then, of course, you have to ask the question, how far are the Philadelphia Eagles away from some of these teams that we've watched? Well, I'm bringing in a guy... I've known for a long time. He's a good friend of mine. He is an NFL analyst and a senior producer for NFL Films. My man, Greg Cozell. How you doing, G? Good, man. Just trying to survive all this COVID stuff and the inclement weather. And know. you know how it is. I know. Yeah, I guess they're predicting a big storm, you know, probably be inside a lot this weekend, <laughs> you know. And there's no and there's no football until Sunday now. So I may have to watch some college hoops or something. You're, you're you know? Me too. I, I'm going to find something to watch just to keep myself entertained. But yeah. but you heard me off the top uh, talk about how crazy the past weekend was in the NFL and the playoffs in general this year for that matter. And I have to start with this question because we do hone in on the Philadelphia Eagles. How far yeah. are the Eagles away from these teams we've been watching in the playoffs? Well, there's different teams that were in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, if you're talking about certain teams like, let's say, the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals who have top flight quarterbacks, then you'd say the Eagles are a ways away. You know, if you're talking about a team, let's say, like Tennessee, which was the number one seed, a team that is built on the run game and defense, that's another way to try to build a team, although the the Titans obviously lost. 
um, and they only scored 16 points. Um, so there's many ways to put together a roster. I think most people would argue that when you get to these playoff games, if your quarterback can't make throws slash plays, uh, that it's very difficult to, to continually go deeper and deeper. Um, of course, the flip side to that, some would then say, well, what about the Niners? Because I, I know you follow social media and you would think that Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't make a first grade roster the way people talk about him, which is very, very unfair. We know he's not a top five quarterback in the league, but he's better than people give him credit for. So, you know, when you talk about building a roster, I think you're talking a little more abstractly. I mean, obviously, you have to start with the quarterback position, and I'm sure you'll want to get into that momentarily, but you got to start there. It's hard to really think of yourself as a true championship contender in this league, unless you feel really good about your quarterback. I mean, you saw how the development of a Josh Allen to the point now where Josh Allen is a superstar quarterback in this league. And there were many who would have said when he was drafted and through his first year or two that he never would have gotten there. Well, I'm glad you brought up the quarterback position because obviously we have to start there. Recently, Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman have given Jalen Hurts the vote of confidence that he's their guy in 2022, although I would also add the caveat, you can never believe 100% of what any front office might tell you. Certainly, but, not, in, no. certainly not in the we're, – we're still in January. So, yeah, exactly. You know, in, in fact, I would argue that they did absolutely the right thing. Yep. As opposed to, let's say, Chris Ballard in Indianapolis, you just open up a can of worms by, by you know, leaving, by presenting a gray area. There's no point in presenting a gray area in January. Look, you know this. You've been in the business for a long time. Yeah. There's no point in presenting a gray area in the month of January. It makes no sense. Okay, so let's just say the Eagles are committed to Jalen Hurts. And obviously, he's a young man who's still evolving. From right. your perspective... Where do you begin rebuilding and retooling this young man? Well, I think there's two questions you have to answer. Mm -hmm. if, if you believe he's your guy, yep. number one, is the offense they ran this year, beginning week eight or nine, ten, whatever week it was, when they essentially put him in the gun and were a run-first offense with Jalen as a significant foundation of that, is that offense, one, sustainable, and two, conducive to playing for championships? That's the number one question you have to answer. If the answer to that is no, then the second question becomes, can he improve in the significant areas in which he needs to improve? If you, if you feel, yes, he can, then you, you ride with him and you coach him and you hope a year or two down the road that, hey, now you you have a quarterback. If the answer to that question in your mind is, is, is uncertain, I don't want to say is a definite no, that would be unfair, but it is, is a, is a, an uncertain, then you have to think, do I need to bring in competition? Do I need to address the quarterback position? So I don't know how the Eagles think. I can tell you what the film shows as we speak today, which is a different question from where you think he might be a year or two down the road. Okay, so you've watched the film. You watch a lot of film. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little nuts, Gunner. You know that. <laughs> okay, so when you watch the film on Jalen Hurts, if, if you have the task of rebuilding him, retooling him, where do you start? Well, here's what I think the tape shows, and 
I've talked to a lot of coaches over the years, as you know, I've, I've, I've been with NFL Films 42 years. I've been watching coaching tapes since 1992. I've gotten to know a lot of coaches. Different coaches have different points of view as to what's coachable and what's not. So I can't tell you for sure whether something can be fixed or not. I can tell you what it shows. Number one, he's not a pure natural thrower of the football. So he's not an easy thrower. That's not likely to change. Um, his ball placement tends to be erratic. Uh, can that get better? It can. I mean, you know, someone might say, well, look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen is, is just a, a natural thrower of the ball. He was erratic with his ball placement, but he's a natural, easy thrower of the ball. Jalen Hurts is not. Um, Jalen's field vision needs to improve. He doesn't see things clearly or quickly enough. So the way I would describe that, people like to use the word processing. I would say his elimination and isolation traits need work, meaning he needs to eliminate what's not there and isolate what is there quicker. That needs to happen. Can that happen? You can coach it. I can't sit here and say whether it will or won't happen. It can be coached. Um, he has a glaring tendency to break the pocket when there's no pressure. Now, that's twofold. People will say, well, he's great, you know, when he runs with the ball. Yes, he is very, very good at that. But you're leaving a lot of throws on the field. You're leaving a lot of meat on the bones. You're not allowing the offense to function the way it's coached. So you're leaving throws on the field. Whether that's coachable or just an instinct gunner, again, you know, I'd have to be around Jalen every day. I'm not. So I can't answer that. I mean, that's what the film shows, though. He just bails out of the pocket, which, by the way, against Tampa, there were numerous plays of that. But that's that was an issue all throughout the season. Um, but like I said, at times he can compensate and camouflage that weakness by making a second reaction running play. So there's a balance there and you have to decide where you fall on that balance. You know, coaches, as you well know. Coaches don't roll the ball out at practice and say, Jalen, let's just run around today. That's not the way the game is coached. The game is coached within structure, timing, rhythm. Here's the route concept. Here's the read based on this coverage. Here's the read based on this coverage. You know, let's execute the offense, not let's break down the offense and see if we can make a play. That's not the way the game is coached. So, again, you have to decide. Can he get better at that, or is that simply an instinct? So these are the things the tape shows. You know, Nick Sirianni and staff, the offensive staff, need to decide, along with, you know, the front office, Howie and, and Andy Weidel and all that, you know, can these things truly be improved upon? Because at the end of the day, no matter how mobile you are, and I know you watch the games this week and we see what Josh Allen did and see what Patrick Mahomes did, at the end of the day, you still have to sit in the pocket and make throws. You have okay. To. Okay. So with that said, and, and with all of the things that you just brought up, all the strategic points, and then I want to throw in the rumor that came out there that uh, after the Tampa game, it was revealed that one of the Tampa Bay defensive players during the game against the Eagles in the playoff was saying, hey, he can't read. He can't read. Um, you know, so we can do this and we can do that. Now, I don't know how, that, how true that is or not. But um, if you... Yeah, I would say there's, you know, again, I'm not going to sit here and say unequivocally that, oh, no, he can't read anything. 
But I do, as I mentioned, I, the first thing I said was he doesn't see the field real well. I think that plays into he can't read. I think that that is something that needs to be worked on. But again, that's why this is all has to be decided by a staff. Jalen Hurts has started, what, 21 or 22 games in the NFL? So you don't want to sit here and say, or I don't, just based on the film and say, because I'm not with him, say, he, there's no way he can do any of this down the road. I don't want to say that. They may think that at the staff. They may not think that. They have to make that decision. You know, if if they believe that that the ability to process and and eliminate and isolate is something he will always struggle with, Gunner, then you got to look for a quarterback because you ultimately can't play the position if you can't do that. Based on his athleticism that you have viewed, right. do you think that if they can rein in some of those things that we've talked about, better reading the field, placement on the ball, uh, strengthening his arm, do you think he could one day be mentioned in the same breath as the likes of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert? The young no. guns that are coming up? No, he'll never be that kind of thrower. Okay. Can he be a better thrower? Theoretically, yes. He'll never be that kind of thrower. You can't make a guy a great thrower who's not. I mean, Josh Allen's issue, for instance, was his ball location, not just his ability to throw a football. I mean, you know, Josh Allen didn't all of a sudden develop a strong arm into you know last year he's always been able to throw a beautiful ball he just was a little too scattershot um Jalen will never be that kind of thrower but you don't have to be Josh Allen to be a good quarterback Josh Allen's the most physically gifted quarterback in the league um you know whether he's the best people can debate that Mahomes I mean he's ne Jalen's never going to throw the ball like Patrick Mahomes that's not going to happen but like I said you don't have to throw it like those two guys to be a great quarterback, um, and great is not a, a, a term I, I use loosely. You're asking me if if, if the Eagles, with Jalen as the quarterback, can be good enough to compete at that level. That's a very open question. He will never be that guy. So then you have to decide if you need that guy to compete at that level, or if you can have enough team where you don't have to quite have that guy. And that's that's a kind of an open question. I mean, look, look at look at the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is really not a bad throw. He doesn't have a big arm. He's not a drive thrower. You know, he's not a power thrower. He's not going to make, you know, stick digs at 24 yards down the field. I mean, he's but Jimmy Garoppolo is a better thrower than people think. And I've watched every you know, probably every play of Jimmy Garoppolo since he's been a 49ers starter. Like, he's a better thrower than Jalen Hurts, and he's not a great thrower. And he's also asked to make a lot of really difficult throws because the foundation of their pass game is working between the numbers where there's an awful lot of bodies. So those are not easy throws to make. And he's a better thrower than Jalen. So can Jalen get to that level? I mean, you hope so, you know. That, that's these are open questions. You know, that, look, the staff obviously will have answers in their mind. So we don't know what those answers are, nor should they make a public announcement every day what, what they think. You know, they did the right thing by saying Jalen Hurts is our quarterback. There's no reason to say anything else right now. No reason whatsoever. Should Sirianni sit down during this offseason and restructure his playbook even more so to play to the strengths of Jalen Hurts? Well, he did that. See, you remember very well, they started the season 
with Hertz throwing the ball an awful lot. Now, I mean, I have an opinion about that. I don't know if I'm right. I think that he did that intentionally because where did Sirianni come from? Sirianni came from Philip Rivers and Andrew Luck. Okay. So I think Sirianni wanted to find out in his mind if Jalen could be a passer and let's let him drop back. Let's throw the ball. Let's see what we could do. And I think in his mind, he found out at this point, he can't do that. So I think this was all calculated, Gunnar. This is just my personal opinion. I think what he then went to was all part of the plan. I don't think he woke up one morning and said, aha, we're going to now put him in the gun and change our offense. I think that was personally calculated. And then they ran an offense that fit the quarterback. I mean, in the NFL, your offense has to fit your quarterback or you can't play. So the question is, can they be more than that? You know, there's a happy medium there. You don't have to throw it 40 times a game, but you also need more than your quarterback just being a runner in a, in a run first offense. You know, you need more than that. So okay. where right. does he fall? That's that's an open question. Okay, so so based on what you're telling me then, is it in the best interest of this organization to also consider looking at the possibility of bringing in a veteran quarterback this offseason, whether by way of free agency or maybe even a trade? Or I guess the draft, if you feel or like the draft. quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, again, that's up to them to decide. If they truly believe that Jalen Hurts, you know, with another offseason can be the guy, then you have, you know, you is Minshew still under contract? So they, in a sense, they have their backup. So the point is, if they believe Jalen Hurts is the guy, then they're not going to, then they don't need to deal with the quarterback position because they have the guy if they believe he's the guy and they've got a quality backup. So they wouldn't need to deal with the quarterback position. It's only if they believe that Jalen Hurts is, if they have meaningful questions about Jalen Hurts, then, then you got to bring in a quarterback or you're just treading water. Okay, so the Eagles are coming out of the, this, the Carson Wentz dark cloud salary cap restraint. <laughs> yeah, we, We're told the cap is going to be like $208, this year. So they're going to have some cap space to play with, right? If the Eagles, if the Eagles built around Jalen Hurts strategically, could that could that disguise some of the deficiencies? And the reason I'm saying that is because you look at some quarterbacks who've had success and had big moments, a Rex Grossman, a Trent Dilfer. They weren't great quarterbacks, but the no. right pieces were around them, and they succeeded. Could the Eagles possibly right. do that? Free agency and the upcoming well, draft, considering the draft capital that they have. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I had this conversation with a, and I'm looking at my, I'm trying to find my notes. I, I, I probably can't, but I had this conversation with a quarterback coach in the NFL who's been in the league for a long time. And he basically said that if you're going to play with Jalen Hurts and essentially, you know, with his limitations, and there are limitations as we just discussed, then you need a dominant run game, which they had for a number of weeks this year, and you need a dominant defense. So, if that's the case, then they really have to start loading up on the defensive side of the ball. They have to become dominant, you know, be, because you, you, you're not going to win. You're not going to win 35, 31 games. You know, you don't you can't play in those kinds of games. You know, you, you have to play differently. You, you need to play where your your defense can turn the ball over. Your defense can cause three and outs and consistently give you good field position. You need your special teams to be really good. You can't lose the field position battle. 
you know, you need to you need to build up every other part of your team so that the quarterback is is in some way at peace, not not the the driving force. And that gets back to the point we started with. Can can you play at that level? Are you going to beat, you know, the Cincinnati's, the the uh, Buffalo's, the Kansas City's, and and obviously they're not even in their conference. But are you going to beat those teams playing that way? That's that's another question you have to decide. This Eagles team went zero and seven against playoff teams this right. year. Can you give me your priority in terms of what needs to be fixed with this team first and foremost? Well, let, we've just discussed the quarterback, so let's, right. now we're done with that. Yeah, so let's yep. leave that out. Um, well, I think they need more speed on defense. Look, beginning week eight against the Lions, Jonathan Gannon, their D coordinator, they played. They were in the top ten in the NFL in terms of percent of man coverage snaps that they played. So he made a transition from playing high percentage zone to playing man. Okay, now if he wants to continue to do that. Again, another off-season conversation and decision that they have to decide. Then they need better players in certain areas. They're going to need a better corner on the outside opposite Slay. They're going to need linebackers who can match up man-to-man and can play with speed and range. They don't have that right now. Um, You know, I think Edwards is a really good player, but he's a certain kind of player. You know, in an ideal world, and I've I've spoken to coaches about this, in an ideal world, Edwards is not a sub-package linebacker. Now, could you play him in nickel? Possibly. But in an ideal world, you really, you know, you probably don't want to. Um, He's really good in the box, has great instincts, awareness, great key and diagnose in the box, can avoid, can, you know, can navigate through traffic, can make tackles in the box. That's his strength. That's what he was at Wisconsin. That's what he is in the NFL. He's really good at that. Um, You know, so they would need, they need that. Um, you know, I think their D line, um, I assume Fletcher Cox will be back unless they get blown away by a trade offer that they feel is, you know, is, is great, but otherwise they're not going to cut him. So if, if that's the case, he'll be back. Um, I personally love Josh Sweat. I think that if Josh Sweat consistently lined up in more of a wide nine position, um, and again, I'm not ripping Jonathan Gannon. I'm just telling you what the film shows. I think Josh Sweat would be one of the best edge pass rushers in the NFL. You know, putting aside number of sacks, I think he'd just be one of the better edge pass rushers in the NFL. I think they made a phenomenal draft pick in Milton Williams, who I think is going to be a really good player. Um, you know, we'll see what Brandon Graham can do. Really bad injury for a guy at his age. And I love Brandon Graham, as I know you do as well. Um, so we don't know what he has left coming off because it was an Achilles, right? That's a bad injury for that, for any position in football, but particularly for that kind of position. So we have no idea, given that he's 32, 33 years old. Um, so the point is, is their defense needs some really meaningful upgrades. And it's, and it's, I think you need more at the safety position. I found it fascinating because I like his tape. I thought it was fascinating in the playoff game against Tampa that Marcus Epps was their tight end matchup against Gronk. Um, I like Marcus Epps. I don't know what he would be if he played 70 snaps a game, which obviously he didn't do this year, but I like Marcus Epps and they obviously like them enough to match him one-on-one on Gronkowski in the playoff game. So I don't know if they see him as a starting safety going forward because obviously Harrison McLeod are not under contract. So 
I don't know how they see the position, but either way, they still need more at the safety position. You know, they just don't have enough speed on defense. You know, this is a, a league where you need speed on defense now. On the offensive side, Brandon Grant, uh, Brandon Brooks recently announced yeah. his retirement. And moving forward, uh, should this team go out and try to find a, a proven right guard to replace him, or Je- because Jeff Stoutland is st- he loves such Crisco. a yes, yeah, exactly. See, yeah. Jeff Stoutland to me is a miracle worker when it comes to training offensive linemen to be yeah. interchangeable parts. Would you be okay with what he has in house, or do you think they need to go out and get a proven right guard to replace Brooks? I think that they're going to be fine, you know, with, with, with Driscoll being their starting guard. I know that that Stout loves him. Um, he's, a, he's a great O-line coach. He gets guys to play at a really high level. Um, I don't – let's put it this way. I don't think they're going to view that as a priority. No. I mean, look, th- this team, say what you want, and who knows what Jason Kelsey is going to do, um, you know, because obviously that could change things because we'll – you know, my guess is that that either Dickerson or Sayamalu becomes the center and the other is the left guard. So they probably feel like they're set there, even if Kelsey were to retire. So, you know, I don't think they're going to view that as a priority. You can always draft offensive linemen later and with Stout, he can coach them up. So I don't think they're going to view that as a priority. Um, you know, I think the priority is corner linebacker. Um, you always want pass rushers. Um, you know, the receiving situation is a little weird because again, because of Jalen, you know, you could visibly see watching tape and seeing the games on TV, how frustrated the receivers were getting. And that's something they also have to deal with. You know, Devonta Smith is not someone who's going to publicly come out and say anything. He's not that kind of kid. He's a great kid. And I think he's really talented, but he was getting frustrated because they don't really, they didn't really have a true pass game you know, and it's easy to rip Rager and, and Rager has not turned out at all. And a lot of people, including myself, apparently are wrong on Rager. And then, you know, so it, it, who knows? Maybe they cut him. Who knows what happens? Um, Quez Watkins, you know, he's a fast guy. Can he become more than that? That remains to be seen. But the point is, you know, they basically threw the ball to two guys. They threw it to Goddard, who I love, and to Smith, who's, you know, a really nice player. But there's... They didn't really have what many would say is an NFL passing game. Mm-hmm. Now, if the team decides to keep all three draft picks, how imperative is it that they hit a home run with at least two of those picks in the first round? They got younger. Teams are always trying to get right. younger to get better. How imperative is it that this team hits home runs with at least two-thirds of those first-round picks? Well, home runs are a relative term. They need three starters. And okay. starters is also relative if you're on defense because, you know, obviously a starter could be a guy that when you go to your, your sub package, which you're going to play 65, 70% of your snaps, could be that guy. And that and that's a starter, basically. Um, they need three starters. Whatever position, you know, they feel is necessary. Like if they draft a corner in the first round, that he has to be the corner op- opposite Darius Slay. If they draft a linebacker, that guy's got to be a starter. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, they need those guys to be starters and meaningful contributors, you know, not someone they're going to draft and say, well, in a year or two, we think he's the guy. That's what you do in the fourth round, you know, or the third round, theoretically, if you have a good team. But, you know, you draft three first round picks, they need to draft three starters. How comfortable are you with Howie Roseman leading the charge in the draft this year? He had a nice draft in 2021. 
I have no problem with that. I mean, you know, obviously everybody's talking about Rager and that's fine. We all, a lot of people, including myself, made a mistake on that. You know, that, that happens. This was a really good draft. You know, it wasn't a sexy draft, but it was a really good draft. I mean, Devonta Smith is good. Landon Dickerson, and he still is, his knee is still getting better. He's only going to get better. And he was really good. Milton Williams is going to be a really good player. I love Kenny Gainwell. I think that his his role will increase. And, and he would have been more than a fifth-round pick if he did not opt out of the 2020 season in Memphis. So this was a really good draft. It just wasn't sexy as far as the fan base is concerned. All right, I know you're short on time, so I'm going to ask you just a couple of quick questions here. First of all, as you heard me say off the top of this podcast, last weekend by far one of the oh. craziest weekend I've ever – would you agree it was the craziest yet most entertaining and dramatic oh, I mean, playoff weekend you've ever seen? Every game came down to the last play. <laughs> I, I mean, it was it was an ending with that Kansas City, you know, Buffalo game, which, you know, I think even if you're not a fan, I think you just felt badly for Josh Allen. Guy, the guy was phenomenal in two playoff games and would have if he got a chance to play in another, probably would have broken records in the playoffs. But obviously he doesn't get a chance to play in another one. All right, now moving ahead. Who wins both conference uh, championship games this week? Come on. Right, you, come, come on. Come on. Come on. I'm putting you on the spot. You're the expert. Uh the problem is, is I can give you, you know, so many reasons for each team. So if you just <laughs> ask me, I'll just I'll just go. I'm gonna go Chiefs and you know, I I got a vibe about the Niners. So I'm gonna go Chiefs Niners. Oh, I thought you would say the Rams. That's why I put you nah, on the spot. You know, yeah. I you know, I just flip a coin with this stuff. Gunner, you know that. Okay. All right. Now, final <laughs> final question. And now here's where I really go to your tape expertise. As we sit here right now, give me your top five QBs in the NFL. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I have to look at the teams. Well, I go Mahomes. Um, well, are, are we going to count Brady in or not? You know, do, old, young. The young guards are pushing pushing the old guys out. I right. Don't, you can mix old with young, just as we know it right now. Let's leave Brady out. Five. Don't okay. see Brady out because he's starting to make a lot of noise about the family and he's not sure if he can give it his all. You know, he's making a lot of that noise. So who knows what he's going to do, but let's leave him out for now. So I'm going to go Allen. I'm going to go Mahomes. I'm going to go Herbert. Um, I'm looking at the list of teams. That's why I'm turning away. So don't think I, I, I don't want to talk to you. Um, ooh. Let's see. Wow. Rodgers, for sure. I mean, Rodgers didn't have a great game this week, but Rodgers, Rodgers is probably the best thrower I may have ever seen, you know, yeah, yep. in all my years, just the way he throws a football. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I think there's a lot of guys now who are very up and down. I mean, I, you know, there's up and down guys. So I, I, I'd have a tough time going beyond that. I mean, guys have great moments, but you know, here's my problem, Gunner. I was so fortunate in my career to learn the quarterback position from Bill Walsh. Okay. I got to know Bill Walsh very well and spent four or five different times with him. And he taught me the quarterback position and, you know, and that goes back years now. So when I watch quarterbacks, I think in terms of playing the position the right way on every play, I don't think in just in terms of making a play, like, you know, a lot of people talk, Oh, he can make plays. A lot of guys can make plays or they wouldn't be in the NFL, you know, but I think in terms of, of, you know, I think in terms of watching Mahomes and Allen on last Sunday night. Okay. And I know that guys don't do that every week, you know, you know, but 
I don't know if, if either one of those guys made a bad play in the game, you know. So so I think in terms of of playing the position the right way on every snap, there's a lot of talented guys. I mean, you know, there was a stretch where people were like, oh, Kyler Murray, man, he's great. You know, Russell Wilson, he's great. You know, so I, I think I gave you how many names? Alan you Mahomes, gave me four. I gave you four. We're yeah. going to have to stop there for now. <laughs> ah, I didn't think I could catch you off guard, man. Yeah. Hey, last last question to you. Do you ever sleep? You watch so much film. Do you ever sleep? Uh, well, I'm actually at my desk every day at 530 in the morning. So, I, you know. Um, and what time do you go home? During the season, probably not till 9 o'clock at night. My goodness. Wow. I know. I feel like I'm a, a coach gunner. I feel like there's always something to watch. And if I don't watch it, then I'm missing something. Which I probably am if I'm not watching it, but you know, yeah, you just, yeah. I might, here's my attitude, Gunner. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Here, here's a very quick story. I had the opportunity through a, through an agent friend of mine who represents okay. coaches to go to a coaching collective this summer in California, where there were ten NFL coaches, including some head coaches. So I got to spend two full days with you know coaches, and fortunately and gratefully for me, you know they knew who I was. So they, they, we could talk on, you know, they didn't feel uncomfortable talking with me. The fact that I was even at this event, obviously meant that, Hey, this guy's kind of in the loop. So I was very fortunate. So I had great conversations with these coaches. So I came away as I was flying home on the plane, you know, from California, long plane riders, you know, thinking to myself, I really found out two things this weekend. I found out that I know a lot and that I don't know anything. <laughs> That's what I found out, you know. No, and I'm being honest. Isn't that what life engage, is all about? Yeah, I, I I could engage these coaches when they were explaining things to me. I understood everything they were saying, but they were also telling me things that there's no way I could know because I'm not, you know, I'm not in the meetings. I'm not, you know, I'm not part of the, their process. So it was so exhilarating and so frustrating at the same time. Because when I sit here and watch tape, and actually I was pointing here, this is where my screen is. I always think to myself, if a coach was sitting here, he might be pointing out five things that I'm not seeing at all. And yet I know I'm seeing a lot, but I also know I'm missing a lot. And it, that just drives me crazy. It's like going to, I'm a big bookstore guy. I love going to a bookstore. And all I do is get frustrated that, that there's a thousand books I know I'm never going to read. You know what, though? But because you are in those inner circles and because of the amount of film that you watch, you are who I thought you were, one of the best <laughs> of the best thank at you, what Dennis you Green. do. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on Gun on One. Ladies and gentlemen, he is an NFL analyst, and for over four decades, he has been senior producer at NFL Films, the one and only Greg Cosell. Hey, man, thank you for being a part of Gun on One. And, and stand by, because, you know, during the offseason, I'm going to come back to you again uh, for yeah, the you agency to draft. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to another conversation with you somewhere down the road, my man. All right, Gunner. Appreciate it, as always. Thanks. Anytime. All right. And that's going to wrap up this edition of Gun on Wonder Podcast. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. As always, tell you, stay blessed out there. But more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. So until next time, so long, everybody. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. 
For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.